Welcome back. This is Flower Bombs, episode six, and I am your host, Michael Flowers. Today, I want to talk about unpacking. Unpacking. So after facing a waterfall of traumatic events during a short period of time and having a roller coaster of emotions to deal with, I became intrigued not only how I was going to work through the emotions, but also the tools that are available to help me. Because it seems most of us in today's culture are either polarized in our approach towards dealing with feelings. We either run from it or we dig in deep. It's the fight or flight scenario. Either it's, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. Or we get into some depressionistic pathway towards the medicine man or pharmaceutical solution. So today, I want to dig into and deal with unpacking what that means. Why is it important right now to me? I'm going to work through this because this is Flower Bombs. Thank you for dialing back in. This is episode six. Again, I'm your host, Michael Flowers. The The framework for today's topic is, is unpacking. And like I said, I, I kind of went through some traumatic events recently, a string of them recently. I want to say a lot of this started almost a year ago. And I... I, I wanted to figure out what that process looks like uh, from a framework of discussion, how I'm going to kind of go through it and when I am going to be going through it and where those lines are, where there's endpoints, beginnings, middle, and being able to define those. So um, thanks for stopping by. want to make sure I acknowledge those, you know, anybody that's made it through the first few episodes. Thank you so much. Um, this has become my platform to deal with things that are important in my life. And so right now I want to talk about unpacking. Um, usually I, I just go with the who, what, when, where, and why. And, and right now, like I said, I, I, it's me, man. I, and I've gone through some, some things recently in my life. If you listened to the last episode about death, um, you know that that, that was probably the most recent. And, and why I want to talk about unpacking is, is, I've always had a fascination, um, obviously, with sort of the neuroscience or the way that that we as humans go through the process of things and learning that process. Um, and so I want to kind of take a deeper dive today into some of the things that we can think about or I can think about when I'm using or finding tools to go through the process. And so <clears throat> defining unpacking is going to be kind of hard but i also wanted to start with this which is a question to myself and i've asked a couple of people this recently which is how do you enter a hotel room what do you do what's the first thing that you do when you walk into a hotel room I, i i don't know i know what i usually think that i do i know what others probably have seen me do but most oftentimes it's it's this. It depending on length of stay, most of the time I'm gonna find the drawer or something closest to where the bed is where I'm gonna be and get the shit out of my bag. I gotta get it out and it's I wanna put it, I wanna get it out, I wanna put it in a drawer to make it nice and neat and this thing. Now if I'm rolling up to Mammoth and I'm doing a quick overnight and I gotta sleep in a in a hotel room for five hours, I'm probably not even getting out of my long johns. But if I'm going into a hotel room and I want to make sure that I unpack 
the things that I have packed up so neatly and that I can see them and I can put them into a place and I know they're safe. It's meant to be there. It's the room with the drawer and that's my drawer. That's awesome. I want to make sure I'm there for a couple days because then I can use it and I unpack it. I was having this discussion with my one of my friends the other day and it, it all became about the timeline. Well, I can unpack. Well, if I'm staying there for one day, then I'm not unpacking. I'm keeping it all in my bag. I don't want to get it out. But if I'm staying there for more than two days, then you know, there was this whole explanation. It was amazing. I loved it. I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, this is how I do it. <laughs> we had a whole conversation about unpacking in your hotel room. And so the reason I bring that up is because it makes me think, look, we go through this physical process of unpacking the things and the materials that are important to us. How often do we really, really, really think about what we're doing on an emotional side when we're packing stuff in? When we hold stuff in, as people say, when faced with a bunch of traumatic events in a short period of time and having a roller coaster of emotions to deal with and becoming intrigued by how you're going to work through those things, there's where I'm at. That's what's going on. And so, you know, I want to share a story. I had a really good friend out here this past weekend. Um, mad props to Cody Cobb for coming out from New York, one of my best buddies. Um, Adriana and and Cody live out in New Jersey. And <clears throat> he came out because I had some also some other friends that were performing at a music festival in Long Beach. So Cody, we've had plans for this for a couple months. And, and, and um, we talked on, I believe it was Monday morning, early Monday morning of, of, of the week before he was coming out. And it just so happened to be the day that I had found out about um, a good friend of mine passing away. And I had talked to him before I had found out. And then by the time I had seen him, which was three or four days later, I'd, I, was, I was going through some stuff. Like I was in, I was in the going through some stuff phase. I was trying, I was unpacking, I was, I was unpacking and going through some stuff all at the same time. So Cody rolls in first couple days are a little bit awkward, man. I'm, I'm kind of moving things around still. I'm sleeping in the studio. He being the most humble dudes, feeling awkward about sleeping on my bed. Me being the most want to be a good host, got all the, you know, focused on getting his sheets and everything ready. But the most important thing was that I was going through some stuff physically, ex like um, expressing it. And he could tell and he was sensitive to it. And that's why I, I wanted to make the point here is because there's sometimes there's those moments. Um, there's that awkward response sometimes when you tell a friend that you're going through hard times or you're in an emotionally traumatic situation. We oftentimes get overly introspective, say, when they disengage into, well, something must be wrong with me vibes and well, that doesn't do anybody any good. It's a rejection type feeling. And it doesn't, it's not a bridge to healing. And pulling out the you don't know what I'm going through card just prolongs the healing. I had to let him know. Pardon me. I had to let him know. Hey, man. Going through some stuff. Oh, man. Sorry, bro. Didn't know, Flo. It's cool, bro. It's quick, it's easy sometimes. That's all that you really need. But it was it was a way for him to be engaged quickly. I shared it with him. And over that period of time, he was helping me work through it because we fell into some of our old muscle uh, memory responses. We had a good time, we listening to the music, having a few beers, hanging out with people, social environment. That was part of my healing process, right? That was a tool. 
Cody became the tool for me to unpack a lot of this heavy stuff that I had been wallowing in, right? Because the beginning is a choice. And I was stuck a little bit into this, I'm going through stuff phase. And everybody showed up, I was like, oh, I'm going through some stuff. It's going through some stuff. But making a conscious decision to be happy is as simple as a smile. In order to be truly happy, we have to go into our inner depth and unpack the emotions, the attachments, and traumas immediately. And it's important to make a distinct choice to unpack as much as possible prior to entering that I'm going through something phase. I like to talk to my dog or look in the mirror, and it helps me with my talk track to myself. I want to take a closer look because if, if years after a traumatic event has happened and I'm still swirling around in negativity, flipping between getting angry and suffering in silence because things are too difficult to talk about or maybe blaming others for not treating me right and pulling out that, hey, I'm going through something card and then wallowing and like digging in without processing them. That's one thing. On the other hand, if I become aware of an emotion as it comes up and I stop and I sit with it and I ask myself, why has this upset me and made me angry? Why am I negative today? Question mark. Then I take the time to allow myself to express it fully until I don't feel the need to express it anymore. And then afterward, I pivot towards generally positive sense of well-being. Then this is the state of unpacking my emotions. Most negative emotions that are experienced come from traumatic events that haven't been unpacked fully. And a lot which lie in our subconscious yet control our behavior. If the emotion had been unpacked fully, then there wouldn't be any negativity around it because we would have accepted it and dealt with it already. So I have, I have five things I wanted to throw out there about how to unpack emotional baggage. And this was something that um, I had to put down on paper. I'm like, well, what, what, what does it take to go through the unpacking process? Because otherwise I'm going to be wallowing around in this I'm going through something phase, right? Well, the first thing that, that I believe is important, number one, is meditation. Meditation connects the emotional and the logical part of your brain, right? Rather than getting carried away with your emotions, you actually become an observer of them. That means that instead of spiraling into depression or anxiety, you can stop yourself and say, hey, man, I'm experiencing some sadness today. Number two, internal mapping so when an emotion emerges on the surface and we acknowledge it and we have that sense of it you have to accept it and explore a way to find why it's coming up and where it's coming from the who what when where's and why internal mapping it could be um as insignificant as an event in your childhood that you didn't realize bothered you or a recent event that wasn't fully dealt with number three understanding the triggers Work on understanding and unpacking your triggers. What do you find helpful in releasing? What feels right for you? Like what's the first thing that you need to release? For me, it's usually anger. I need to get rid of that fast. Maybe you go to acupuncture. I don't know. Maybe you beat up a pillow, go to counseling, read a book. Everybody needs a little extra help now and then. So talk to somebody, go through it, figure out what, what works first for you. Never stop yourself and your own tracks from getting what you need because of society's stupid stigmas man if you if you seem shameful or fearful of it you have to take that first step because if you don't tell anybody then no one's going to no one's going to be able to help you you don't want to be judged but you need to understand how to unpack your hardest trigger number four you deserve compassion 
we're all human and it's perfectly normal to have all kinds of emotions, especially negative ones. And I want to get to this later. Even if you have really difficult emotions like guilt and shame for how you've acted in a certain situation, show yourself some compassion and forgiveness and be kind to yourself and acknowledge that you acted in the best way you could at the time with the tools that you had and be compassionate like you would be towards your dear friend. Do unto others as you would do to yourself, but do to yourself first and then do to others. Number five, listen closer to yourself. Listening to yourself and tapping into your feelings and letting them steer your choices, even with these simple steps of meditating and making a internal map and understanding how to you know get rid of first triggers and being kind to yourself like if they don't feel right for you just don't do them it doesn't matter explore what works for you and that's that's my point is figuring out that one thing may lead to the second thing and if you're not ready that's okay too just listen to your body and follow what feels good as long as you feel like you're processing emotions in some shape or form that's great Avoid a negative assumptions. And I mentioned that too. We're talking about being kind to yourself. Um, negative assumptions are real, man. Those things are for real. And you have got to acknowledge them, understand what they are, and get the heck away from them. Team members that are struggling with negative emotions, it's, it's like being under the weight of baggage, having bad filters or like hair triggers. Nothing that's said is evaluated objectively. Everything is going through a filter that's distorted. It changes the message because team members are in this self-protection mode. They, they only think of how the statement makes them feel. When they land, when, when rather than thinking about what the person meant to say, it's the semantics of it. Most people really relate strongly to this point when I you know, bring this up. There's a, there's a term called the mother-in-law effect. The mother-in-law effect. The idea that the same message that comes from your mother is significantly different than the one that comes from your mother-in-law. Hey, go get me a cup of tea. Hey, go get me a cup of tea. It's weird. So what if two or more members, you know, have become really heated in conflict and they can't seem to resolve it on their own? Well, their mistrust of one another is going to affect everyone on the team because conversations um, that seem rational, just dissolve quickly into pitched battles. And the most innocuous comments that are getting haunched up into these, these tight, little weird reactional places to be seem way out of line with what Swirly said and what's really trying to be done. It, it just, it, it filters and puts bad filters on the conversation and the framework on where you're supposed to go. And that's a sad state we're in in, in, a, lot, in a lot of teams. It's not about the content of the message. It's about the perceptions of the sender and how it makes us feel. And we've let ourselves get to the point where we're not really hearing anymore. We're, we're judging. And if you've reached this point with someone on your team, it's time to unpack your baggage. Because semantics are everything. And if all you're doing is thinking about some negative place to put the words that they are you're you're you got to filter you got a negative assumption you got to avoid that because we're wired certain ways and there are a few there are a few things that contribute to the problem and understanding them is very important 
so that you can change the situation and improve your team effectiveness. You can't possibly do a thorough job of processing the volume of communication you receive so your brain processes most information using primitive filters, looking only for the most basic of information about threats that should be attended to. Your brain is looking for a friend or a foe. It's like, hey bro or go, fight or flight. Attention errors can make it likely that you pay more attention and give weight to information that confirms your original point of view. So if you've already heard it or decided that someone's a foe, you're more likely to look to evidence confirms they are. If they're already skidding down that path through bad filters with negative assumptions, negative assumptions, guess what? It's going to get quicker. It's going to pick up pace. Gravity is going to take those negative assumptions and you're going to keep moving in that direction unless you rewire yourself. Neuroplasticity. You don't get to hear the intent sometimes of people message if you only hear how their words come out and how their message impacts you. The disconnect between intent and impact is at the heart of many strained relationships. So it's best to think about starting with a positive assumption. I'm gonna take a short break. I'm gonna come right back and we're gonna start with positive assumptions and why that's important when we're unpacking our emotions. This is Flower Bombs episode six, back in a minute. Welcome back, it's Flower Bombs episode six, part D. It's back half, man. Um, Still talking about unpacking and starting that process with a positive assumption just finishing up the conversation about um why negative assumptions are bad and why why we're wired to take these down that path as quickly as possible and picking up speed well positive assumptions starting with that same thing next time you react to something a teammate says turn the situation on its head start with a positive assumption rather than a negative one instead of assuming that the person is attacking you or that they're incompetent, start by assuming that they're adding value. Instead of making knee-jerk reactions to what's said, really think about it. Repeat what they said in your head before responding. Meisner technique. Think about the words without reading between the lines or thinking about the backstory. Hear the words coming out of someone else's mouth. How do you interpret them now? You know, are you just hearing them and waiting to talk or are you trying to put yourself in their shoes you got to pay attention to the positive rather than the negative components of the message did the person start with a compliment and then share some constructive feedback maybe focus on the compliment for a moment let that soak in you know like think about the possible positive intentions that they may have had how might the person have been trying to help? Like, what were they really trying to get at? What, what value are their comments adding? Because if they started a comment, it'd be like, oh my God, I'd love to help you. And then went on some tangent and ramble about something that you just started judging them and thought it was stupid, then you missed the point. I missed the point. We missed the point because we're wired to go down that path of, oh, they said something funny. Oh, well, that's weird. I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, then they must. Well, now I know what side you're on. And that's bullshit, man. You can't do that. 
if you start with a negative assumption, you're just wasting the time, man. You're wasting all the value that your teammate could be providing. A positive assumption is the only thing that gives you a chance, man. So let's think about what happens if you if you start with a negative instead of a positive, right? And you start holding some of that emotional baggage inside. You start thinking about somebody and judging somebody and and sitting back and observing them and being being a wizard. Like you're the wizard of Oz. Like think about that for a second. How how creepy is that dude? But what a great transformation he had, right? Because he started seeing the positive of people. He just started accepting people the way they are. The message in that and 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 that's really phenomenal. But think about the arc of that character. He sat in his little thing and a thing and what is thing, just judging and being like all negative. And at some point, he became just physically sick. And, and that's what I wanted to jump into now because let's get physical. Let's get physical with it. Let's let's think about what happens when our mental when we don't unpack, when we let emotions, when when we bury things, when we when we do whatever that word. I mean. Look, man, hold it in. That's what everybody says. As it turns out, your body begins suffering physical symptoms when you hold unresolved emotional feelings inside. Research supports that the more emotional baggage is felt internally, the worse it is for the body. Nowhere is this demonstrated as clearly as heart disease or emotional issues such as depression and anxiety. Men and women suffer from emotional emotions that are held in. And according to experts in mind and body medicine, our emotions affect our bodies because they are linked to our bodies through our immune, endocrine, and our central nervous system. Just like a broken heart affects our heart, it can lead to death. What we feel affects our body and how effectively it works. For women, Emotions such as unresolved grief, anger at a partner can cause intestinal problems or headaches as easily as it can cause chronic pelvic pain and many other health issues. Holding on to emotions weakens your body's immune system. It makes it tougher to ward off colds, infections, things when you're sick. You have a difficult time getting like healthy and better. I'm going to look at a list of body functions. I'm going to get to this. A list of body functions that are affected when women or men hold on to their emotional baggage. And this is why when you become ill, it's important to evaluate your feeling and what you have been feeling for the past six months or so, three to six months, because some illnesses such as rheumatoid arthritis may take months to become symptomatic. So here's a list of body functions that are affected. Constipation and diarrhea, as well as stomach pain and ulcers, back and neck pain depression, insomnia, high blood pressure, anxiety and depression, weight gain or loss. Eating disorders have always been an emotional aspect. Sexual problems, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, asthma, cancer. Emotional healing is very different from physical healing. And you're, you're, you're reminded of that when you hear stories about cancer patients, when like they've gone through a series of, um, you know, what cancer patients go through to start getting their, their tumors taken out. And, and even as they go through chemo or whatever that, that, whatever that is, that may disappear, 
but they are left with the emotional trauma of dealing with the hair loss or the abnormal body part, the trust in your body. So there's a lot of ways that you can help yourself or a loved one unpack emotional baggage. And you should try some of these other suggestions too. Um, I found these online. Um, and I should quote that this is from uh, your tango, I believe is what this is. There are many ways you can help a loved one or yourself unpack emotional baggage. Try these suggestions and practice them frequently. Laugh as much as you can. Watch funny videos and allow yourself to laugh out loud. Cry when you need to and don't hold it in. Just let it flow. Practice voicing the things like, I'm angry and you don't have to act on it. <laughs> Just say it out loud and say why. Mindful actions. Before you take any medication for headache or stomach ache, things like that, ask yourself, what am I holding on to? And lastly, it says massages. Um, you know, this is talking about the body. It says massages are a common treatment for people who have gone through a horrendous crisis. They're also a wonderful treatment for fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis. Breathing and letting go of a held-in emotional pain as the therapist works on that body part that holds the pain. Medical care has come a long way with the advancements in treating a lot of illnesses and your body can go through a lot of physical stuff and there's emotional and a soulful part to it, which is a pretty complicated. So knowing yourself and being able to express uncomfortable feelings is healthy, not only for your mind, but for your body and your soul as well. I also want to, to go right into this next bit, which is, it's a clinical paper. It's um, the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. It was published in uh, June of 2009, and it's called Happiness Unpacked. And I wanted to read a um, just this first part, which is about happiness. Um, and it's the abstract. Happiness is a composite of life satisfaction, coping resources, and positive emotions. Predicts desirable life outcomes in many domains. The broaden and build theory suggests that this is because positive emotions help people build lasting resources. To test this hypothesis, they measured emotions daily for one month in a sample of students, 86 of them and assess life satisfaction and trait resilience at the beginning of the end of each month. Positive emotions predicted increase in both resilience and life satisfaction. Negative emotions had weak or null effects and did not interfere with the benefits of positive emotions. Positive emotions also medicated the relation between baseline and final resilience, but life satisfaction did not. This suggests that this is the movement or that it is in the moment of positive emotions and more general positive evaluations of one life that form the link between happiness and a desirable life outcome. Change in resilience medicated the relation between positive emotions and increased life satisfaction, suggesting that happy people become more satisfied, not simply because they feel better, but because they develop resources for living well. I'm going, to re I'm going to repeat that. Change in resilience mediated the relation between positive emotions and increased life satisfaction. 
positive emotions and increase life satisfaction, comma, suggesting that happy people become more satisfied, not simply because they feel better, but because they develop resources for living well, tools. And they talk about the broaden and build theory real quickly. It proposes that positive emotions are evolved adaptations that function to build lasting resources. Unlike negative emotions, which narrow the attention, cognition, and physiological beings towards coping with the immediate threat of the problem. Positive emotions produce novel and broad ranging thoughts and actions that are usually not critical to one's immediate safety, well-being, or survival. Over time, however, these novel experiences aggregate into consequential resources that can change people's lives. For example, idle curiosity can become expert knowledge or affection and shared amusement become lifelong supportive relationships. Positive emotions forecast valued outcomes like health, wealth, and longevity because they help build resources to get there. Positive emotions forecast valued outcomes like health, wealth, and longevity because they build the resources to get there. I love this stuff. Again, this is published. It's uh, an author manuscript. It's called Happiness Unpacked, the Positive Emotions in Grief Life Satisfaction by Building Resilience. Man, it's like gravity effect. It's how we're wired, right? If you're gonna if if you're gonna go through some traumatic event, freaking go through it. Acknowledge it, understand it's happening, meditate a little bit about it, right? Understand that you're you're gonna have some you, you got to map what's happening. You're gonna have some triggers that are gonna immediately happen. For me, it's anger, but you got to be kind to yourself and listen to yourself. Know what you're going through. Unpack that quickly. Find the tools that you can build to have the resources that you need. This, these are the tools. This is how you unpack. It's as simple as walking into the hotel room. How do you unpack the bag that you put your clothes in? Well, how do you unpack the emotions that you're burying deep down inside? What's going on, man? What do you what'd you go through today, brother? What's going on with you, sister? What's happening, man? What are you going through today? How can you pack that in, deal with it, understand it, unpack that, and get rid of it and move on and create that process? It really just starts with a positive, a positive approach and, and, and starting from a real assumption and a place of observation, I want to finish with this because this I, this is this uh, this your tangle life because I think a lot of a lot of um, what unpacking emotions or the trying to figure out how you unpack emotions I think a lot of this is um, really just figuring out how to stop holding it in and how to let things go and they have there's there's an article I'll end with this is how to deal with depression right four simple solutions. Um, solution number one is, is tune out, turn off the radio, the TV, everything, just 
go take a walk. Go sit on a park bench. Just tune out for a minute. Listen to the birds. Meditate. Number two, how to get out of depression. It's get into a cosmic perspective. How will this matter in 100 years? Is this really worth it? You know, like, think about, take yourself out of the pictures. Like, is this first world problems? Think about it from a cosmic perspective. Number three, you can't change anyone else. So are you worried that somebody's worried about you? Are you depressed because this and that? Well, you can't. You can worry about yourself. And that's it. So you got to start with yourself. And lastly, it says make a gratitude list. So when you're feeling depressed and you can't get rid of misery, make a list of everything in your life that you can give thanks for. Start with a simple acknowledgement. Make a gratitude list. I think that's what I'm going to do when I finish this today. Is I'm going to, I'm going to do my one through ten. What are the what's one through ten that I am the most grateful for? And I'm going to just think about that for a while. So this is the end of Flower Bombs, episode six. We're doing some unpacking today. We unpacked our emotions. And thanks for sticking around. Mike Flowers, man. One love. Peace.